Hello, and welcome to the Sales Report, where we will learn how alumni from one of the world's top sales programs have found success in both their career and their life. Michigan State University graduates will discuss their professional journeys and the skills, knowledge, and habits required to be top performers. The Michigan State sales leadership minor leverages the strength of two nationally ranked colleges, the Broad College of Business and the College of Communication Arts and Sciences. I am your host, Sydney DeHorn, and today we have Mark Russell. Welcome, Mark. Hi, happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we are excited to have you. Mark, just so you know, the goal of the podcast is to highlight the success of our MSU sales leadership minor alumni, which of course includes you. And we've got a whole slew of questions lined up for you today. So we're really excited that you're here. Awesome. That sounds great. Let's, let's awesome. get started. All right. So, Mark, you graduated from Michigan State in May of 2010. You majored in business marketing and have, of course, the sales specialization minor. And currently, your title is the director of sales at Merrill, which is also known as Wolverine Worldwide. Can you please tell us a little bit about your journey at Michigan State and how you've gotten to the role that you're in today? Yeah, so I yeah I graduated in uh, May of 2010, and at the time the uh, sales program was still classified as a specialization, which I know now uh, today it's uh, categorized as an actual minor, which is awesome. Uh, so I believe I was I was one of or or actually the first classes to graduate with it. I, I can't quite recall, but I, I definitely found that program uh, very helpful and useful because it, it fit kind of my personality and my skill set uh, to get into uh, the sales field. Now, I had a little different path maybe than most uh, because I really wanted to break through into the sports uh, and entertainment industry or um, athletic footwear. And there wasn't there wasn't a lot of um, specialized programs uh, around that at MSU at the time. Okay. I think there might have been some uh, some additional uh, things that have been added on or available to students um, now that kind of want to take that path. But uh, my first job out of school was actually with the Detroit Pistons, and I was in uh, ticket sales. So it okay. was straight up cold calling uh, every day. And at the time it was 2010. So we were still uh, about two years out of the recession or coming out of the recession. And I was working in Detroit, which is one of the hardest hit, uh, hardest hit economies in the country. And I was calling companies to ask they wanted to spend money on the NBA. Um, it was a very challenging job. And, um, but at the same time, when I looking back on it, it also provided a lot of, uh, good experience because um, it was the toughest kind of uh, selling you can really put yourself through. Um, and I finally got um, about a year, year and a half after that, I got an opportunity to uh, work for Reebok and it was an entry-level field marketing role where that required me to move to Philadelphia, uh, which I accepted immediately and uprooted my life and moved to Philadelphia. Um, I'd never lived anywhere else other than Michigan, uh, so that was a big move for me, um, but I'm very thankful that I did that. The field marketing role was really great because it was kind of a um, 
a springboard program uh, throughout the brand that really gave you exposure to all the different business functions within the organization. And I didn't have uh, a lot of hands-on retail experience. Um, so it was really good for me to kind of get exposure, visibility to all that. And once I started uh, spending time with some of the sales reps uh, within the brand, I was immediately hooked and knew that's what I, uh, what I needed to do or what I wanted to do. And um, after about another year and a half or so, I got my first opportunity as a field sales rep um, where I was covering a, I think uh, six or seven state geography or territory. And that was, uh, that was also a really good experience because I was, uh, I was really required to sell pretty much the entire breadth of our product line at the time. I was really interested or passionate about the lifestyle or fashion um, product that uh, Reebok uh, was creating. And um, there's a specialized sales group um, that uh, sells that to specialized retail partners or a specific uh, channel of distribution. And um, I was able to get breakthrough into that group um, after uh, after about a year and a half or two in that more regional uh, role. And I just kind of worked my way up through there. Uh, got some different promotions, uh, more visibility, more responsibility uh, from calling on national accounts to managing people um, and uh, teams. And it was, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of different roles and experiences, but um, it was great. And then, you know, what, kind of led me to uh, Merrill or Wolverine worldwide was uh, uh, based in Michigan. My wife and I, we have a young family and um, there was just uh, some instability that came along with what I was doing in my previous uh, life or with my previous company. And this opportunity came about with Merrill and it allowed me to not only, you know, get a new job with more security and uh, roots in Michigan, but it was also a promotion, more responsibility. So it was kind of the best of really the best of both worlds. Awesome. And and you just started there about two weeks ago, you said, right? Yeah, I'm two weeks in. I'm pretty close to being an expert. Uh, <laughs> but but um, yeah, no, this is my, this is the start of my third week. So well, first off, Mark, congratulations. That's that's awesome. Congratulations on basically the promotion and a new job at a new company. That's that's awesome and and really exciting to hear. I uh, I know I mentioned this before before we started the podcast, but in in college I worked for a running shoe store, so it's just it's it's fun to hear that you are working for a company that that touches those products that I was selling when I was in college and and hearing a little bit about your experience. So. I know you mentioned that you worked for the Pistons and then Reebok and now Wolverine Worldwide, all having to do with whether it's sports or running shoes or, uh, you know, apparel that you can wear when you are doing your everyday life, right? Mm -hmm. Why is it that you were interested in, in going into that sports area? I grew up uh, heavily involved in sports. I was a uh, basketball junkie uh, player growing up. Like I started playing competitively when I was maybe like six or seven years old, AAU circuit. And um, all the way through high school, I 
had had some opportunities to play like small college, like uh, D3, some smaller D2 schools, but I always had my heart set on going to Michigan State um, and I wasn't good enough to play at Michigan State. So uh, that wasn't uh, in the cards. Um, but with that, being in that basketball culture for so long, um, it also, you know, it opens, it opens your eyes to, there's another culture like off the court that kind of comes along with it with sneakers, hip hop, like fashion, all this different stuff. And mm-hmm. I was always kind of into that um, growing up. My mom always said I was the daughter she never had. I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. <laughs> Well, like I've just always been into that stuff. Um, okay. so that's kind of where my passion and to be able to transfer something that I'm personally, uh, I'm passionate about to, uh, my professional career has been something that's definitely kept me motivated or excited about it. Absolutely. And why did you choose sales or, or what led you to the sales path? Yeah. Like I, I think I, briefly mentioned it at the beginning. Uh, it just, I, sales has always kind of fit my personality. I, I'm, you know, I love being around people. I'm competitive. It, it gives you, it just gives you a sense of motivation and urgency that, you know, some other fields might not give you. And that's just how I'm wired. Like whether I am worried about uh, my job or what I need to accomplish at work, it's, you know, just before I hopped on this podcast, it was, I know tomorrow is uh, junk and recycling uh, day and I had to get, I had to get that stuff out on time. Like, it's just how, I, it's just how I am. Uh, so it's been the right path for me. And um, I think I've, I've known that ever since um, when I was in school. I feel like I have a little bit of a, a similar path from you. I like grew up a total sports junkie and I wanted to go to Michigan State and play sports so badly, but I wasn't quite good enough. Um, so I was looking at smaller schools too, but I'm curious. I feel like I have my own answers, but I'm curious, what are your answers to what really helped you from sports in your childhood and growing up to your job today? What were like those main things that stick out? Like, I mean, of course you're competitive, but what were those things that are, you're like, that really helped me. For me specifically and the business, uh, specifically athletic footwear industry, not only how competitive it is, but how diverse it is. And I grew up in uh, West Michigan. I went to Rockford um, High School. Playing AAU basketball from such a young age and traveling to uh, the cities and playing on the teams that I played on, I was uh, part of a very diverse group of um, people. And I think that gave me not only professionally in sales specifically, but just from a general, like uh, being a human understanding that not everybody is the same and how to work alongside um, people that come from different backgrounds or have different perspectives. And I think that has allowed me to probably be a better teammate and colleague and leader than um, maybe some other people um, that haven't had similar paths or weren't exposed to that type of uh, things from such an early age. Um, I just uh, have a really strong appreciation for people and consideration of like uh, more on their personal life. Like, tell me about yourself. Like, I want to learn about you, not just like, hey, how how can you get this job done? Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's really helped me. Um, And as you know, like in sports, like you got to you got to be a good teammate. You got to 
be able to accept uh, some people's flaws and weaknesses uh, to, to make the whole team better. So um, I think that would definitely be the thing that was most beneficial. That's a really good answer. And I think that's good for everybody on this podcast that, that may listen, that's listening right now, or that may listen in the future. That's, it's going to be really good for them to hear that they're going to face, but that, that will be a really good thing for, for people to hear. I'm curious from your experiences through that, what has been one of the toughest things that you've gone through in, it can be through college or, or getting your job or in your jobs right now. And can you share a little bit about that? Ooh, um, I would probably say between the move from Michigan to uh, Philadelphia and my time in Philadelphia to after Philadelphia, I moved to Cincinnati. I was, I was probably not in the best place in my personal life. Sales can also be, if you're in the field, can be a lonely time, whether you're because uh, you, if you don't have access to an office, um, if you, you know, you're on the road all the time, whether that's car, plane, what have you, that's pretty much what you're kind of consumed in. And especially when you're young in your career, like you got to do it, right? Like that's how mm-hmm. you, you want to work, uh, work your way up or hit your, you know, your sales quotas, your targets, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that was a really tough time for me just because, uh, I kind of felt like I was in a tough spot personally, but I felt like I was out on an Island. Uh, you know, just felt like, you know, there's some times of, uh, feeling lonely, but I was able to, I enjoyed my work. So I think that was, that was huge. Like I said earlier, like I'm passionate about what, what I do or what I've done in my, you know, my past, my career. So I, I found actual happiness in some of that. Um, mm-hmm. so that helped offset it. Just trusting that there was a bigger picture, what I was going through and everybody goes through it at one point or another. Um, but uh, it, it ultimately like makes you a better, better person and better, um, you know, better professional, et cetera. So uh, that was a, yeah, that was probably a difficult, uh, most difficult time for me. You said, enjoy your work. You really enjoyed your work not so much your personal life at that time. What were you really able to focus on that made you enjoy your work? Like for those that may listen to this podcast that are like, you know what? I have no idea what I want to do. What should they tap into? How should they learn how to enjoy their work? Is there one specific thing that you're like, hey, find your niche and run with it? Like, What is it that people can do to enjoy their work? You know, you look at the first job I had out of school, I would say that time in my life, I was personally, I was like, I was, everything was fine. I was great or I was happy, you know, Um, but my job, I was miserable. Like I, I hated going to work. I did. I was absolutely miserable. So I think some people, you know, whether they're in sales, whether they're in a different profession, you know, I, I have some family members that are constantly complaining about their job or their career, et cetera. And it's like, well, no one is forcing you to, to do what you are doing. You have the power to, and it might not be easy, but you have the power, the ability to make a change if you really want to. So mm-hmm. I think the advice I always give students or people that are in sales, like if you're really not passionate about sales or if you're not 
truly passionate about the product or maybe the company even that you work for, like start thinking about what, what does really mean uh, something to you, like, and see what, see what's out there. Cause there's, I mean, you can find something that will fit that mold and it might not happen. It might not happen right out of college. It probably won't. Um, it didn't for me, uh, but to keep your eye on the prize and, um, you know, build up that experience and make those connections with, if you find, uh, I think there was a student that I was mentoring a few years ago and she was just super passionate about like the outdoors and the environment and, but like wanted to get into, she didn't really know for sure, but it was like sales or marketing. And like, I opened her up to like, you know, like Patagonia their whole focus is like the environment, but they still right, right. a cool product, right? Like, why not something like that? And she right. was like, oh, like, that's cool. Like, I didn't know that exists. So I think you gotta, you just gotta kind of find it, like you said, your niche or what you're truly like gets you going, whether that's personally or uh, if there's just a really a cool company that you like, like do whatever you have to do. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point of finding a mentor and asking those questions. Like, tell them what you're interested in. Like. I still don't completely know what I want to do. You know, I'm in my first job, but I think I only got here because I asked questions and, mm-hmm. you know, I had a couple mentors and I was like, I don't know what I'm interested in. I, so I asked them the questions and it led me to where I am today. So I think that's, that's kind of what you reflected too. So it's definitely good to know for, for people that are listening, you know, just ask those questions, make connections with those people that uh, can help you. It's so, it's so critical. I mean, it's, I know it's, uh, you hear it a lot, but you just never know. I mean, you never know at uh, what point uh, someone that you cross paths with, um, mm-hmm. someone that you worked with, uh, what, whether that was school um, early on in your career. I mean, I'm, I'm finding that out. I'm two weeks in and mm-hmm. I'm finding out that the current brand that I'm working for is doing projects or partnerships with people that I used to work with for years. And I know, I know personally. So it's like, man, that's, that's such an easy for them. It was like a ton of work to do that. But like Mm -hmm. for me, it would have just been like a phone call or an email or a text and going like really quick because, you know, I, I worked them for years or alongside of them or whatever the case was. So Mm -hmm. it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a, I have a quick question because you're in a pretty specific industry, I would say compared to what we have compared to other people that have found this podcast. And I'm curious on a, on a more sales related note, what does your day-to-day look like and what does sales look like? with a customer of yours? So for the sake of not sounding uh, inept, I'm going to maybe resort back to uh, Reebok a little bit. So my last job at Reebok, I was a national account manager and I was calling on Champ Sports and East Bay, which a little bit maybe before your time, but East Bay used to be like a catalog menu uh or a catalog subscription to buy like footwear and apparel now they're just a website but so champ sports is um it's a retail chain that is technically um owned and operated under uh 
Locker Inc. So it's a part of the okay. Locker Inc. group. Uh, they have about 500 brick and mortar locations uh, throughout the U.S. And then uh, Champs also has their own website. And then East Bay um, has their website. Uh, from a sales perspective, those two companies um, all have buyers or merchants. They kind of, those terms are kind of interchangeable. So okay. buyers that will buy for uh, men's footwear, women's footwear, kids' footwear, and they might even get more uh, specialized in that. But for the sake of um, this, uh, we'll just keep it at, yeah, men's, women's, and kids. So every quarter, I would meet with them and uh, we'll say pre, pre-COVID, I would, I would meet with them either in um, Boston, New York, or uh, Florida, because okay. Boston is our uh, Reebok um, is headquartered. Uh, New York, there's, um, is where Foot Locker is, and uh, Reebok also has a showroom there. And then Florida is where uh, Champ Sports uh, headquarters are. So I would meet with them every quarter to show them uh, the new line that they could buy. Um, okay. I would show them the men's uh, footwear uh, line, the women's footwear line, and uh, kids' footwear line. And in uh, athletic footwear, you're typically um, selling six to eight months um, ahead. If I was out selling right now, uh, we'd be looking into like back to school of 2022, basically. That is probably the main um, focus. And then that's the selling piece. And then on the account okay. management side, you're, you're managing your daily, like your order book. Um, so open, open orders, any uh, shipping or customer service related issues, uh, you're working on that, you're building out. Um, like I was always building out like three to five year business plans um, that would be both an internal and uh, external effort. So you know, working with my internal teams, whether that's uh, business planning, our merchandising team, product teams, marketing teams of like, how can we, you know, take this business from X to, to Y or whatever the case might be. And so doing things like that, I'd say that's probably like a quick, uh, kind of a quick snapshot of what it looks like. I, I know we're coming to right about time here, but I've got one more question for you. For those listening and for those who are trying to get a job right now, who are, or an internship or who are looking for a new job because they don't like the one that they're in right now and they're trying to follow their passion. Mm -hmm. What's the number one tip that you have in terms of making sure that you are making not only like the right relationships, but doing it the right way? Like, how do you keep those relationships good? and consistent? I think that I've found, and most people wiser than me, um, I think I once <laughs> received, this, received this advice was people like to talk about themselves, right? Whether that's me sitting here on this podcast talking about myself, <laughs> or when you ask uh, somebody, hey, I just want to hear, I want to learn about what you do. Mm-hmm. And not make it about yourself. So not, Hey, I want to hear about what you do so I can get this job or I can get your job someday or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. more about, I've always been more about my approach. Like how can I understand what this person does so I can ultimately get better and I can make those around me better. 
And I think if you can just grab time with people along the way and try to understand what they're do and ask follow-up questions or specific questions about that to show obviously that you're engaged and that you care about what they just told you. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I'm off in a much better light, but I mean, if you can learn something from different functions, it's only going to make you that, that much more valuable to the role that you're in, the company that you're in, and then also a potential other opportunity that might be in front of you that you don't know about. And I just lived that because this job that I just got because of the work that I put in, but all of the different relationships that I established and the knowledge that I was able to gain from all of those people that made my value more um, attractive to uh, this company because I have that experience now. And I wouldn't have gotten that if I hadn't really leaned on or developed a lot of different cross-functional relationships, um, whether that was internally or even externally. Well, everyone that's listening, you've heard it from Mark and plenty of other people that have been on the podcast, relationship building and networking and asking people questions is clearly one of the most important things that you can do for not only yourself, but to get to know others too. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your advice and telling us about your your role today and the past roles that you've had and and really the advice for those who are going to listen to this. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of course, of course. Thanks everybody so much for listening today. Please be sure to follow Mark on LinkedIn and listen in to the remainder of the sales report podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Spotify, and Apple podcasts.